Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Flying Smitty. Carson Wood. Welcome. Uh, we're broadcasting a little late this week. It's been a super crazy week. Midterms. You know, yeah. If you guys would just pay us. You said something about fire at work. Oh, fires, man. Uh, someone lit the gar- the paper in the garbage can on fire, and I had to put it out real quick. Like Standard. Things get crazy when you work in an <laughs> office building. People shouldn't light fires in offices, though. Like, I get you a $500 fine real quick. Yeah, we actually have a sign in, on the front of our building that says, please do not light fires at work. Again. And my job, literally, is to just to put out those fires. Our, our employ- If we could figure out who was doing it, we wouldn't have an issue, but they're very secretive about it. And we won't put in cameras because they're expensive. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's weird. Lots of fires at work. Paul could set you up with some. Oh yeah, it's still gonna be expensive. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no discount. It's for a you. monthly, you know. Even though they they tell you that they write off the first year of payments or whatever if you just sign up, it, it's still expensive. They don't do that anymore. What? They don't do that anymore. Would he just tell me that and then I sign up and then he's like, "Oh, sorry, that no. ended." No. So they don't even just lie to me anymore like they used to. Nope. Oh, they just tell you this is what it's going to be with the equipment. Once you're, but this time now that when you pay off the equipment, you're just paying a flat uh, surveillance fee. And you can just go month to month. So you can surveil. Mm-hmm. Be surveilled, rather. That's true. <laughs> which gets me into WikiLinks, which is a whole other thing. This is an MMA podcast, Carson. We almost went way in a digression. In fact, they're probably listening to us through our computers and that screen that we've got right now. Mine, they're looking at me through my uh, camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I my don't know. Computer. Yeah, I was going to ask you why you didn't have tape over it. Because I don't care if they look at me. <laughs> you like this NSA and CIA? You like it? That's my it's, side. It's boob. me. It's me sitting in the bathtub watching <laughs> watch. watching Jersey Shore with Rod. Like, <laughs> yeah. Deep. Jim Laundry. GTL. GTL. There it is. It's been too long. GTL. It has. You should be watching it. It's amazing. And then Rick and Morty. Actually, more importantly. Well, the hard part is, is I can also keep up with the Kardashians on Netflix. So you need Hulu. I have Hulu too. That's what you And need. now I have H- your HBO Go. No, you don't because we don't do that. You don't it, do we don't stream illegally either. No. Oh, speaking of speaking of streaming illegally, well, let's get into several things first and foremost. First, there's a, a, a piece of MMA news that is just making waves across the MMA, uh, the MMA landscape, and that's that Ben Rothwell has tested positive for an illegal substance. I'm going to be honest. They shouldn't even be testing him. <laughs> well, like I said to you in the text conversation we had, I'm pretty sure that they're just pumping a dead corpse with steroids to yep. keep it to keep it living and fighting. If they're not catching Nganu, if 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 he is not on steroids and Ben Rothwell is, it's a even even playing field kind of thing. Let him do it. That's stupid. Apparently, he's been peeing for something before, and everyone said it was marijuana, and I don't remember this. So if anyone listening can verify that, I saw it all over Twitter. But it's just crazy to me. And obviously, we all know that there's different reasons to use steroids other than just physique, and there's plenty of old fighters to talk about he's that. He's definitely not using whatever he's using for physique. He's using it for weekend of Bernie's. Instead of the strings, or instead of someone carrying him around, he just uses steroids. The, he's the ultimate dad bot. All the Brazilians went dad bot ever since Usada, but he's been he's been holding down that fort since before Usada. I just don't like Usada. He's a talent. He's a talented fighter, but man, it's hard to root for him unless you follow him on Twitter. And then he's really funny. Depends on who he's 
it's not hard to cheer for him. It just depends on who he's going against. When's the last time that you picked Ben Rothwell to win a fight or wanted Ben Rothwell to win a fight? Name his last three fights. Uh, he fought JDS, who kicked him over and nope, over and over. Nope, has to be JDS in that one. I love him. He kicked him over and over and over in the stomach. Um, he fought Josh Barnett. I'd take him over Josh Barnett. And he actually beat Josh Barnett. Also, Dad Bod Reuter. Yeah, I think he's done. He's doing professional wrestling now, which Good. he's done for a while. Um, but he's been busted more than once. Ben Roth. Oh, Ben Rothwell is no longer in the top fifteen. He has to be. So did they already remove him from the top fifteen? Who were his last fights? Oh, I'm trying to look that up. I figured it'd be on UFC.com, but it's not. Um, JDS, Josh, Bar- Josh Barnett, and there's one more. Taddy Mason. Taddy Mason. Is that you, Taddy? Mixed martial arts career. We want his mixed martial arts record. Thank you, Wikipedia. All right, Junior Dos Santos, Josh Barnett, Matt Mitrione. He beat him in a go-go. And I he, take him over Matt Mitrione. He also beat. Al- I take him over. He also Uberim. beat Alistair Overeem. I take him over Uberim. And he beat Brandon Vera. And he lost to Gabriel Gonzaga. And he beat Brandon Schaub. Lost to Mark Hunt. Yeah, the majority of those, or well, about half of them, I'd take him over them. I don't love the guy, but I mean, he's a likable dude. You just don't. There's something about how he conducts himself and how he looks that you just are like, dude. He's my number one pick on my LARPing team. <laughs> number one, dude. More drafting. You know what? If I had to pick between him, DJ, and Rampage to play video games with, I would definitely pick Ben Rothwell because I figured he'd be the best one at it. No, you can't play the heavyweights. Break the damn controllers. It's got to be Mighty Mouse. <laughs> With his little nimble thumbs playing video games. Mm-hmm. It's very funny because, as you know, for part of my job, we, we work with Twitch streamers. And we watch these guys that are getting like 25,000, 30,000, you know, concurrent viewers. And then there's Mighty Mouse. It's like 300,000. Or, or, sorry, 300. Well, that's the thing. I think he just does it because he loves it. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and it's just a way to connect with fans. And the fact is, is he could he could make it a career. But last time I watched, I, I, I was watching one of his streams at the same time as I was watching one that we had actually sponsored. Mm-hmm. And um, he wasn't talking. He was just sitting there with his hand, with his mouth agape. Well, and which I Which is how I play video games. And that's I why I don't record. I don't think he... Uh, he probably doesn't get that many donations. You don't really... No, you do. That's, I, that's He doesn't, though. Not, I mean, he probably gets more donation. Maybe not subscribers, but he gets probably a lot of donations. Well, I think he would get community. more subscribers so that he can get the uh, the emo whatevers, the emoticons. You obviously you don't know how Twitch streams work. Yeah, I do. You don't. What happens I had to is, teach is you. you don't necessarily have to subscribe, but people will be like, "Oh, I like streaming and MMA, and I like that he's doing this, so I'll give him." A hundred dollars or whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch one of his streams. So and I'm gonna go over how many times he subscribes and how there's many subscribers. He gets. There's followers and there's donations. I I know how Twitch works. <laughs> I told you how Twitch works. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. You told me it was stupid. Oh, it is stupid. No, it isn't. It's just another medium just to communicate with your fans. It's well, if you remember correctly, and I didn't know this until I started doing major research. Twitch started as Justin TV, and I've been streaming things on Justin TV for a long period of time. <laughs> no, we're, we're get into this later, but yeah, I 100% told you about Twitch. I believe that. Like two years ago, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was watching it a ton for Destiny. Um, Roman and King Gothalian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when I started at EA, you and I talked about it. Yeah. And all the dudes at EA were watching Hearthstone, and I was like, 
This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. No, I'm going to go through. I still gonna, think it's the dumbest I'm going to count subscribers, seen. and I'm going to count. I don't care about followers. I'm going to count donations. No, I you bet can, he They gets, don't tell you how many subscribers. I, I will watch a stream, and they will tell okay, you who cool. subscribes. Yeah, they yeah, have yeah. the. You don't know it, but there's a difference between subscribers and donators. I understand. That's why I'm going to count them because you said there would be more. There would be more donators than there would subscribers. And no, I'm no, be no. More I didn't say no, 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 no. I didn't say there would be more, more donators. I said that they would be donating more. The equivalent of the donation. I'll even take that. I bet they don't. Well, the fact is, is when someone gets a subscriber. They only get half of that money. So if it's five ninety nine or whatever, they mm-hmm. only get half of that. Mm-hmm. So if someone were to donate a hundred bucks, typically five bucks. Yeah, that's two fifty. Yeah, that yeah, they get. So if someone were to donate a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. that would probably be above and beyond anyone that freaking subscribed. Anyway, moving on. Getting back to Ben Rothwell, passing I, positive. Last thing on that, I just don't think in general he gets very much money from it because I, I don't think a lot of people oh, are no. going to donate or subscribe to rich people that are already rich, in my opinion. I don't I don't think he's rich, but he's definitely making more money. I think there's enough MMA fighters that realize that those dudes don't make enough money that they want to actually support them. And that's what I'm saying. They donate and not just subscribe. All right. Ben Rothwell. We don't know what it is yet. It's just a UFC potential anti-doping. Everyone's guessing it's steroids. Maybe it's a diuretic. You probably didn't dope enough. <laughs> like, hey man, you had a quota. Yeah, you're way bro. below. Yeah, you're you, not. You're not thirteen to one right now. You're trying to do Fallon Fox numbers and start fighting women's MMA. You got to get your testosterone up, man. You're pumping at too much estrogen <laughs> in your body. This says Rothwell. So I'm reading MMA fighting right now. They wrote an article yesterday. Rothwell was a user of testosterone replacement therapy at the time, but tested for levels outside the threshold despite having a valid therapeutic use exemption. This is in 2013. So he was a user of TRT back at the time, back in 2013. As we know from Chelson and a lot of those dudes, if you used TRT as even with an exemption, a lot of those guys continue to use. And the fact is when you get above a certain age and, and heavyweights fight to a certain age, TRT makes a ton of uh, makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, just as a as a male that, that starts to lose their testosterone, that you know is, is feeling sluggish or whatever. You else, think you'll like, do it? I wouldn't only due to the fact that I don't know emotionally. Like, I don't know if you remember the one time I worked at GNC and I started to take freaking testosterone supplements and I became like, we're talking like when you're kind of crazy when you're fifty plus. A lot of people do it. So interestingly enough, and this gets into a lot of things that don't really matter. Um, I we had a a friend Ben Flint, who you know. Yep. Oh, the Flints. They live down the street from you. Anyway, um, we knew them. He was a personal trainer, and he was a personal trainer for some pretty important people. And one of the things that he would do is he actually had a doctor. Um, just like bigger, faster, stronger, right? Where they're like, you just need to find the right doctor. They'll take your hormone levels and tell you that you're low, even though there's no normal level and they'll prescribe you TRT. Well, he basically did that for most of his clients and he became a pretty popular trainer because he could, he could set people up. Um, and the thing is, is who can like, right. If you're not competing, you're an adult. It doesn't affect your, your mood or your family or whatever, like do whatever the hell you want to do. Um, but it's not hard um, I've taken testosterone boosters from, say, GNC, which are completely legal, which are now no longer sold, which are whatever. And I had, I actually had, like, temper issues. And I, I'm a very normal person, usually. And I remember, interestingly enough, 
I had left my wallet at your house. And I don't know if you remember this, but I do because it was one of the weirdest times I remember being like super emotional and angry. I left my wallet in your car and I was trying to get a hold of you and you weren't home. And I told you when I was going to be there or something. And I remember calling you and I was like, what the hell, dude? I need my wallet. Expletive, expletive, expletive. Where are you? You told me this or that or whatever. And I remember afterwards being like, what the hell? And being like, I'm not taking these things anymore. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and so when your estrogen goes down, I can understand getting your TRT back up. So maybe 50, 45, when whatever. When your testosterone is, you mean? When your, t- sorry, yeah, when your testosterone starts to, to decrease, I understand it. But like these guys, I mean, they're they're not 40. I mean, they're about my age. No, I, I don't mean them. I just mean you personally. Would you, are you opposed to doing it? Like say you're 50 plus. I am, I am personally only because I know it affects me emotionally. What about if when you it, get like hyper emotional when you get older? Anyways, estrogen like, wise, I don't know if it's estrogen. I don't know what it is. I'm not like hyper emotional. Usually, what happens is all you get old more emotional. people that I've known they've gotten yeah. weirdly emotional, and it's usually because the dudes no longer have the testosterone in that. Like it's almost like my dad, right? When I was a whole kid, I never saw him cry, and then when he got above a certain age, like he cries quite a bit. And like he's a military man and whatever else, and he's very much calmer. The than muscles he was that hold kids. in tears. Are created by testosterone. Yes. The less you have, that, it just starts leaking. That's science, guys. Fact. Yep. And so there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, a lot of this, Chelsea and those guys, I don't know if they necessarily needed it. Um, I know people that are, are younger than us or around our age that have been told that they have low testosterone and been prescribed TRT even at our age. Like, it's a very weird thing, um, the whole concept of it. And I... And a lot of people are like, you know, these guys only need TRT because they juiced when they were younger, so on and so forth. And we don't know that. So it, it gets into a bigger conversation and a lot more stuff. So do I care if people that are 50 use TRT to, to put some pep in their step? No. What I, probably not based only on how emotional I was when I did anything, a testosterone boost that was even from... From GNC. I think I'll eventually end up trying it. And there's no reason not to try it. I, I absolutely think that if you feel you don't have a ton of energy and different things like that, that, that why not? If you're if you're at that age of like, what, 35 or above where it's like almost proven that your testosterone levels start to drop, mm-hmm. why not try it to see if it makes you feel better? No, I'm not, I'm not talking like the, the type where you have to put needles in your butt, but they have pills and stuff that help with that kind of stuff that you can be prescribed from a doctor. I I have nothing against that whatsoever. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's, I mean, that, and that's the thing is that I, it was actually, I think Joe Rogan, I can't remember who he had on, but the the question was, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Cause they have like certain, like even just like certain, like simple lotions and, and uh, different ways to apply it. Nothing like just straight injecting it into your veins, but yeah. One, yeah, I mean, putting it on your skin or spraying it on your tongue and different things like that. Like, the thing is, is I think human nature doesn't know your limit. So if you feel better, why not use more? And if more makes you feel better, why not use a little bit more until you kind of, I mean, it, it works with drug use and, and anything else, right? So as long as you have a, the type of personality that can actually, you know, monitor what you're doing to yourself and you're not in a competitive sport, I think you're perfectly fine. Um, and I think that's probably the, the last thing we need to really go into with that. But On Ben Rothwell ever again? 
or Ben Rothwell ever again. If he gets cut out for two years, what do you think happens to him? He's already out of the 15. He's 35. Eh, he could still make a run. We had freaking, we just talked about him. What's his name? Um, Barnett come back after however long. Like it, 35 is not, it's not a death sentence. Even a two years isn't a death sentence in in uh, heavyweight. The, it's not great, Well, by the Mendez way, will come back. The hard part is, is this, right? You're trying to tell people that they shouldn't use steroids, and then you suspend them for, for two years, in which time they can use as many steroids as they want and train as hard as possible and potentially come back Well, I think better. they still have to be under USADA for those two years. I don't know. I'm we have pretty to look sure that you up. have to. It would make sense if you did, but... <clears throat> It would make sense if you did, but if you're out of competition, it doesn't matter, right? They're not going to suspend. They suspend you from the day that you were caught. Not no, from but the, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I still think they can put you on like a probation, essentially. i and I don't know, and I would believe that you you to be correct. But I don't know. Either. I, I'm I have, speculating. I, I have never heard of anyone being tested when they're they're out until they're you know almost. You don't think they're testing back. Mendez right now? You don't think they tested Yoel Romero? No, no, yo, but. <laughs> Yoel Romero was only six months. Chad Mendes is straight up two years. Anderson. Anderson wasn't two years either. Maybe Leota Machida, but you don't hear anything, right? And you never see anything on their social media of like, I'm technically out. Come test my blood. You know, I'm not on anything. Mm-hmm. Like, be interesting to know. It would be super interesting to know. And if they don't test you, because technically Chel Sonnen's thing, right, was... When when somebody was Vandalay Silver, right? He ran away, and it, it was like even if he did get tested, he was technically out of competition, so it shouldn't have mattered whether or not he tested positive or not because he wasn't contracted for a fight. Um, and obviously, this is this is not discussing whether fighters using steroids is right or wrong. It's discussing the contractual obligations to USADA when you're under contract, right? And so. One of the big things with with Vandalay Silva and Ariel Hawani has even said it. Like, it doesn't matter whether or not he tested positive. It's whether or not he was contracted at that time for a fight, which makes it completely illegal. So, him running from USADA doesn't necessarily matter because he was not under contract. And if he would have tested positive, he probably wouldn't have been suspended for two years because he wasn't under contract. Mm-hmm. Um and so it gets obviously into the the gray area. There's no black and white in this, obviously, because who knows if people are using when they're suspended or who knows when they're out of contract or whatever else. And of course, you know, during the Olympics, and we've talked about this before, you know, with Eastern Germany way back in the day, they they had their own testing. And if people tested positive, like speculation you never know how many people are pulling out of a fight because they've tested positive for steroids and they've decided to pull an injury rather than than test positive and old olympic athletes there's a whole documentary on it in the 1950s right after world war ii when eastern germany was its own country more or less that they would give them all types of steroids and then right before they went to the olympics they would test them and when they, if anyone that tested positive would not go to the Olympics, and anyone that passed it would go compete, and you could very well do the exact same thing here. You know, there's there's injuries that are probably injuries, and there's injuries that, that could potentially be someone peeing hot for for a substance, and they don't let them fight because they, it's better that they miss one fight than miss two years. Mm-hmm. And complete speculation, and we don't even want to get into to that. But I mean, I just did. 
but we really we really have no idea what's going on and it goes back even to Hank Aaron where Hank Aaron was like we didn't know what we were taking for all we knew we were on steroids we have no idea we we took whatever they gave us and if someone from way back in that day is like Barry Bonds and Mike Mark McGuire and those dudes are getting busted but we had no idea what we were on like kind of like supporting them then today when you can really test and you can really know what's going on those that get busted for any type of substance are either really ignorant or really dumb. Which are the same thing. No, because ignorance is you really don't know. Like Yoel Romero, right? He takes a tainted supplement. And I'm not saying him. But say he takes <laughs> a tainted supplement. You're in professional sports and you don't know you're dumb regardless. Or even if you're you're just dumb, in my opinion. <laughs> if you don't know you're taking a tainted supplement and you really are honest, that's ignorance, right? Because if you, you have the you recourse know. of handing it into Usada before, or they have a list, and you get pinged, you're dumb. Yeah, but we're talking about two different things. What are we talking about? I'm talking about really taking a tainted supplement, and you're talking about knowing that you're taking it, and you can pass it into. No, I was just saying if you can pass it into Usada, they do their testing on their own, so they clear your supplement, and you don't do that, you're dumb. Oh no, I got yeah. Sorry. Oh no, I agree. If you don't hand over all of your supplements to Usada, and have let's be 100 percent clear on this. I don't know the exact process on that. I'm my understanding of it is you're dumb. Maybe there's something that I don't know that it's like. Well, I mean, it's harder than that because they're far away. You have to send it from New York. They're in Las Vegas, or it's like, expensive to do it. Right. But if it were me and I owned a gym, I would piss test every one of my guys before they went in. Before they fought, no, I would. I'm 100. percent I would say part of my management fee is for you to piss test before you go fight. And if you piss hot, you're going to fake an injury and you're not going to go fight. <laughs> no way. And then I'm and then I'm going to boot you out of my gym, but they don't care cuz you get 10% of that no matter what exactly. Yeah, money man, money rules everything. All right. Let's get shortly into the fight card. So you haven't seen it? Nope. I know everything that happened though. It's it's an awesome card. I saw the uh the knee Oh my! From, from Uberim made me real sad. I was like, this whole card, every result made me sad, dude. This is I, I tweeted out UFC two hundred nine the underdog score story, and people really appreciated it. I didn't. Anyone that bet on this card not, lost a not, lot of money. Not your tweet. I mean, just the card. Yeah. Either you lost a lot of money on this card, or you made a lot of money on this card. That's like kind of the only way to go about it. Um, no, I mean. I, it, I wanted Mark Hunt to win. I wanted Venata to win. Uh, I wanted Rashad to win. I just wanted a good fight out of the main event. Um, and most importantly, I wanted Ferguson versus um, Nurmagomedov. And nothing happened the way that I wanted it to. It was terrible. Well, But you didn't watch, so it doesn't really matter, right? Yes, because I'm still here for the results. Like you, I still want my guy. Like I still want the guys that I'm cheering for to do well. See, and I like I'm a fan this. of Venata. I'm a fan of Ferguson. Um, I'm a fan of Rashad Evans, and I'm a fan of Mark Hunt, and I don't really care for Alistair. So, but they all lost fair and square. I mean, it was all their fault. Well, like, I mean, Benata, I'm, I'm still Benata a homer. and Tamar was a great fight. Um, I think I'm not it, saying they they were cheated. I'm saying no, no, no. I know, but I'm saying like Rashad Evans, he deserved to lose to Dan Kelly. Like, and he said he meant he deserved to lose. They and you've got. Mark Hunt and Alistair Overeem, and he almost finished Alistair. The entire card was great. I mean, even well, the 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 main card was not, but the entire card, main fight. the main fight, yeah, the main, yeah, sorry, the main fight was not, but the rest of the card was really, really entertaining. No matter win or lose for anybody, 
everyone got what they paid for, and that that in and of itself is great about a card. They had a bunch of finishes, and if it wasn't a finish, then you know Tamor and Venado was just an excellent fight. Rashad Evans, Dan Kelly had its moments, but I mean they actually they went out to the fight. Like it was a good card. Um, even the undercard was good from what I you know from what I watched, and so. I've got no qualms with that, but I can understand that if you had a dog in the fight or if you wanted someone to win, it, it changes a lot of things. The reason I was most excited for this card is, one, I really liked the main event um, in theory, like before, I'm talking before, and yeah. then I had, I felt like I wanted somebody to win in every fight, and so that's that's kind of what polarized me. That's what made me really want the card. Yeah. I wanted Ferguson. Again, I wanted Rashad. I wanted Venata. I wanted um, Mark Hunt, and literally... Just everything went against me. See, and I didn't care. I just wanted good fights, and that's exactly what I got. Well, I went and saw Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions instead, and I got what I wanted. Yeah, and it, I'm, I'm guessing it was pretty good. Did you see uh, Dobson? He was there. I did. I was really, really confused by that whole situation. I'll get. I'll tell you after because it's going to be weird for people. But yeah, um, some kid that I don't think you know just texted me and's like, "Hey, you're here," and I'm like, "Oh, did you see Scott?" And he's like, "No." I hit up his wife on Instagram. Yeah, well, he said Justin. I'm like, how do you know Justin? And I'm like, I'm not I on. with his wife at EA. Well, I know that now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not on any of those things. You got super confused. I was way confused. Yes. Um, but I, that was good. But I did. I was really bummed about uh, missing the fight card, though, because obviously I was super excited for the whole thing. Even with Tony and Khabib um, kending off the card, I was still really excited. I would like it. to figure out some way to record. I've actually been looking it up um, because I don't have cable getting a like Nvidia Shield or whatever which basically is like a, a streaming box and then you can actually DVR stuff to it. And you've seen it. you've seen our little box, right? Uh, right below our TV Paul has one. What is it? I don't know what it's called. I'll ask him, but yeah, he started recording. Is it an Android TV? Uh so this was actually it hooks up to the cable box. But it's a okay, cuz mine mine I wouldn't have a cable box. Mine would just be an Android TV and you can actually download Android apps and stuff to it and then you can get some with a uh, you can get some with a external hard drive and then it downloads straight to that. it's essentially an external hard drive yeah that comes from your cable box so this is if a, you see it it sits right below our TV I'll have to ask him about it because this one would come straight from an Android box and then come through um, so like Plex and different things you could record you can record live TV that comes through streaming apps like Hulu or Netflix or whatever else um, so long story short it was a great card. Um, Mark looked like he was going to win that fight for a little bit, and then it's like any heavyweight fight, man. It goes one way, and then it goes to the next, and then it ends. And that was one of the most brutal knockouts I've ever seen because I've never seen someone stay standing, their arms go flat, and then them just like be knocked out on their feet. And he took one more knee before he fell over. It was crazy. On the main event, how did you feel about the scoring? Um... I thought it should have been a draw again because it was that bad. So you agreed with the middle ref? I think blue. Yeah, 47-47. When you look at the numbers, someone on Reddit actually posted the numbers next to each other. There was more action and more strikes in the first first fight than there were in the second fight. And in the second fight, Thompson actually had the winning numbers in the fight compared to the first fight. Um there's a lot that goes into it, and I actually wanted to talk about this. We might be, you know, a little bit too late, but um, they were using old MMA scoring rules 
and not the new ones that have been implemented. They haven't been implemented in Vegas yet. They're not going to be implemented until July. They actually talked about that. And then they talked about in Brazil, this next card that's coming up, it'll also be the old rules. And so that gets really confusing for two things. One, for fans, right? Other than the fact that Dominic Cruz and Joe Rogan and everyone say, like, this is how this is going to be scored. But it gets confusing for the fighters as well, right? Because Stephen Thompson was the aggressor. Stephen Thompson landed more significant strikes, but he still lost the fight. And it's funny that we talked about, like, you have to beat the champ in the last podcast. But compared to old MMA rules, you can still score where, you know, when when the fight, when, they gave it a 10-8, right? And like, what, round four or round five when he knocked him down? And Tyron Woodley actually looked good. I mean, and he took him down in another round. Tyron Woodley could have dominated this fight. And I predicted it in the last podcast that he would do what he did in this fight, but he would do it more often and he would finish the fight early. And he just was slow. He just didn't do it. He just didn't attack. And I don't quite understand it. Dan Hardy criticized him and then he kind of got irritated at him. But to answer your question, I think it should have ended exactly the same as the first fight. Uh, well, I mean, you can't say, I mean, if you're saying exactly as the judges scored it before, you can't do that. I mean, you'd essentially have to say that it would have to be. It should have been a, you, been the, a majority draw. Well, just a draw. Cause I mean, a majority draw is the same as a draw. You're saying yeah, yeah, a majority yeah. draw is saying that one ref should have scored it for one of them. And then the other two had it a tie. Yeah. So just, you're just saying a draw in general. Yes. You agreed with the, I think it was blue ref. Yes. Um, the second score. So, and obviously I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but. I'm going to go look at it because I'm really interested in that 10-8 round that they gave to. Um, going to the Ferguson, um, Nurmagomedov, we, it's weird because we talked so much about this, um, but really didn't talk about it at all at the same time because we hadn't gotten together until just now. Um, what do you do with this from here on out? This proves how smart Tony Ferguson is as a person and as a fighter where he's like, oh, I'm sorry, Khabib, that totally sucks. Cool, give me Conor McGregor. And that's what you do. You just move Tony right into that fight, just like he would have, just like you won this fight. Khabib pulled out, so technically he lost. And so you move Tony Ferguson right into that title fight. Um, do you think we see Khabib come back before Ramadan? Uh, that's what June or July. I don't know. It's one of those months. He essentially has he to make a fight in three months. He just couldn't make his weight cut right. Yeah, he's like five pounds over. Yeah, and he ended up being hospitalized. He could easily fight then before Ramadan. Um, probably should fight after all that fasting. <laughs> um, hey, maybe he'd be ready for it right after. How do you feel about the... Because uh, I, I actually, with uh, in the other podcast, um, I was talking to Paul about it because I was actually kind of getting really upset because I, I figure this goes... For, I, I know, you know, everybody knows I love Tony, but... Um, I mean, for any fighter, if I feel like if they come in and they stand on the scale and they weigh in, it's not their fault. They deserve something. And hearing MMA, reading an article on MMA Junkie, they actually came out and said, Tony Ferguson says he received less than half of his contracted UFC 209 show money, which was $250,000. Now, they're painting it as in, like, that's a huge slam. But I actually think that's, that's pretty stellar. The The thing is this. Yeah, and I agree with you that they're getting that getting paid less than half. You know, getting a hundred thousand dollars just to make weight is pretty good. And then he can fight immediately after. Like he could fight next month, and he could make 
that $250,000 back. However, that money's there. Those pay-per-views, a lot of those pay-per-views had been, had been pre-sold. A lot of those tickets had been pre-sold. But a lot so, of them haven't. There's a lot of people that do a day of. Well, and I guess that's something that you take into as a, as a business, right? Like how many pay-per-view buys come in day of? Or come in during the and, and well, they, how many do you think like didn't watch from Dagestan at that point? Like yeah. you have a significant amount of people. Once Ferguson rolls out to like his fan base, they don't, they're not as interested if they're just going for their their guy. Because um, I think people were buying into this card to see who's next for Conor McGregor. Yeah, and once you don't so get to see Ireland, that, yeah, and then Dagestan, there's like what two point nine million people or whatever. No idea. Like there's I a lot. No Is there? Yeah, there's a lot of people that they basically they were saying we're going to. On top of that, if you watched the the embedded, um, the Muslim fan base that came out and were mm-hmm. supporting him, he he I think is there's a number of fighters there that are that are kind of carrying that banner, but I think he is the guy um, yeah. right now. Oh, and very so much so. There's a whole possible like religion that backs not, him. Not only Muslim though, but but Russian, right? Well, I, well, obviously Russian. I'm, I'm saying yeah, also but, on top of that worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not only th- that. It's also he's got like a whole religion that could possibly yep. back him. Um, so they a, are very. Not, yeah. Yep. There's not a ton of Muslim fighters that that do well. Below Muhammad, they came in from Titan FC. Is is it about Muslim? Um, there's been a couple, but really, he really is the only big big name Muslim that's in there. And so I, I and I'm just saying, like, I think the with that being said, I really think that what they would. In my opinion, they would just you lose a, a, a heavy amount of buys that you would have gotten. So I, I understand why they wouldn't pay, but I was really I was happy to hear um, that he did get some compensation. And they're painting it like he really got screwed over, but I think that's more than fair. I mean, so here's the only reason I don't think it's necessarily fair. And like I said two seconds ago, um, I don't. Who knows how many pay per view buys are the same day and different things like that, but. Um, DC actually pointed out like, hey man, we'd love to have him on 210. And so he knows that they're going to bring pay-per-view buys. And he knows that people are going to get involved and, and, and buy pay-per-views because they're on it. And if he gets some of those pay-per-view points and he's like, yeah, please come to, to UFC 210, that really helps me out. That means that he could have probably made more than 100000 However, they're also paying people 25-25 and 50-50 and 60-60 for fights. Meaning... 60 to show 60,000 to win. And so him getting half of that's basically like his show money. No, his show money was 250,000. No, I understand that, but like a normal person's show money. Tony Ferguson's making more than a normal person does. Uh, cuz he a normal UFC Cuz this is what he said. He said I did everything in my power um that I could show up on that scale and that's what I thought we were going to do. That's why I call that's why you call it show money and to every fan that's out there in the world Dana White, um, UFC president Dana White, he said they cut they cut me out a check and I didn't get a check. And then this morning I got a wire and I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the frick, man? I'm like, seriously? And so then an unnamed UFC official comes out and says he knew in that four-hour meeting exactly what he would get if the fight was canceled and everything was agreed upon. And he may have. he might His management may have signed a contract that says... Your show money's two fifty. If the fight doesn't go on, you get this much. Um, uh, I honestly, I, I, I was worried he wasn't going to get anything, and I would have really been up in arms about that. But honestly, I, and I, I, it's it's tough for him because he put all the work in, yeah, and he's got a family to feed. 
but I think he should get a show money. Um, interestingly enough, I work with contracts. Uh, many people have what's called pay to play. So that means if I want you to do something for me and I'm working on behalf of another party and that other party backs out, I still owe you that money. Or usually the contract says if they back out, they still owe you that money. Um, and I would guess that any good management group would sign some type of contract that was pay to pay to fight or pay to play in this case. With how much this, I highly doubt the UFC is in the wrong on this one. With how many times this fight's been scheduled and yep. canceled, I, I highly assume that they're they're saying, you know what, if this fight doesn't happen, one of you will get paid a little bit or whatever. But like they probably had that that scenario played out because they don't want. Aldo McGregor again. They don't want this fight to be canceled. I honestly, I mean, yep. and he could have still taken the Michael Johnson fight and he didn't want to, and I am not faulting him for that at all. Mm-hmm. But I, honestly, I mean, from my standpoint, what I know reading this article, it seems more than fair. W- WME is not dumb. They work with contracts, with with uh, athletes, with YouTubers, with et cetera, et cetera. Like, Casey Neistat, Tom Brady, LeBron, maybe not LeBron James anymore, but like a lot of those people are all signed on to WME. They're not dumb. They're not going to pay you full price when, when they don't get what they want, but they'll work out some kind of deal where you get something. You don't make money by giving people full price for not performing to what they said that they were going to do. And that's just kind of, that's, that's life. And that's contracts, and that's big business. And so anyone that that feels like these UFC fighters need to make their show money because they made weight needs to talk to their management who's signing the contracts for them or them and say, hey, man, you need to hold out until you get exactly what you want. But the chances are management signed, and that's why the UFC is saying he knew exactly what he was going to get. Because they can't say in his contract it says this because that's in breach of contract. On top of that, they also acquiesced to him requesting $200,000. Because that was the big thing is he's not going to make what he was. He he said that he was only going to make what Khabib made, and he was very adamant about that. And they said no, and then Khabib promised to put the money up, mm-hmm. um, or was there like a bet? I can't remember exactly what it was, but he promised to put the money up. Khabib said he would cover, yeah. And then he said no, and then they ended up working it out. So I mean, he got what he wanted. He's, he, and I don't know exactly, but I'm assuming he probably got paid more for half of that contract than he would have if he would have taken the old... I, I just... I understand you got to fight for every little bit. Um, that We never talked about the the Woodley thing, and I was going to talk a little bit about that as well. Like, yeah, he's kind of a... Because he said in it, uh, oh, I'm going to be terrible to work with from here on out. And that's the way it should be, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. you should fight. The UFC is going to be there long after your career's gone. Their money's not going to keep streaming into you. You need to fight for every inch. But that's why you... Management groups are the worst to work with, but that's why. Because you should be able to go to your management group and say, this is what I want. Go get it for me. And if they say, hey, we're not going to get that, here's what we can get, then that's fine. And you, you agree with whatever you feel is okay. But there's no reason to get a manager if, if they're not getting you the best deal possible. And there's no reason to get a manager if they're not fighting for you to get you the best contract possible. You can do that yourself and save yourself a shit ton of money. But you get management because managers are the bad guy. Managers are the ones that ask for more money. Managers are the ones that tell you that you have to fix it or you're not going to get that client. 
And if your management's not getting you your $250,000 show money, that's your management's fault, not the UFC's fault. Um, that kind of segues in with the Woodley thing to the big news, which I think bleeds into also Woodley's rant on TMZ. Um, so how do you feel about the – did you watch the GSP and the Bisbing presser? I didn't. I, I saw the GSP said he smelled like alcohol. It was great. <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> it was it was a couple shades below Nate and Connor. Yeah. But it was a good time. I need to watch so it. So he, he – Bisbing no-shows. Um, for like the first five minutes and Dana's pissed and he says GSP is the most stood up fighter there is. And then Bisbee came in with an excuse and Dana was just like, looked at him like the hell are you talking about? George made it on time. Like idiot. And, uh, and he legitimately just kept going. Um, he just kept legitimately going in on, uh, George being like the reason why you took this fight is cause it's the easiest fight for you. That's why you took it. And, George, and he never said no. And I think that George should have. I think he should have been like, because I don't think that's the motivation. I don't think the easiest fight. I think it's... Easiest fight for the money. It's a warm-up fight. Well, I don't I don't, necessar- I, I don't necessarily agree. I've kind of converted the Bisbing train. I don't think that he's necessarily... Wait, what? Repeat? I've converted to the Bisbing train. What? Welcome. Thank you. Choo choo. Um, I thought I had said something sexual or something like no. that, and I was, I was no, like, "Wait a minute, what did I say?" I just wanted you what to did I say? <laughs> I just wanted to hear it one more time. I ran I've train. Been, I've been here. I ran on. I ran train on Bisbing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's what I thought came out. Anyways, uh, I don't. I I think Woodley's obviously the a tough tough fighter, but Bisbing's no slouch, and you can get beat up pretty bad. But, um, I think. The motivation is it's the most money. Um, yes. The, the good thing with Bisbing, though, is he's been in and fighting for a long period of time. Oh, I did puppies. And um, GSP hasn't. And Dominic Cruz says there's no such thing as ring rust, but I think that there absolutely is. And if there's any time for Bisbing to take this fight, it's now. Um, did you not watch any of it? Oh, so man, even, I didn't know it was that good. Oh, man. Go back and watch it because he just keeps going back and forth with him. He's like, George is like, I have a lot of plans. <laughs> and uh, he just kept saying, what's your plans, George? And he just looks at it, like the crowd and looks at him. And he's like, I will not tell you. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, he just kept saying, MMA is stocks. Like you have to take, again, dude, a terrible French, yeah. uh, Canadian, yeah, French you, Canadian you accent. Indian, yeah. But anyways, um, <laughs> He and he keeps just saying that it's just stocks each, and you have to assess the stocks for your next fight. And he just kept saying, "What's your plans, George?" And he's like, "Just wouldn't tell him." <laughs> it happened like five but times. But did he tell him his plans? Did he say what he was going to do yeah. or how he was going to take it? Yeah, he did. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to beat." Oh, I think he's, he beats him, then he goes and fights Yoel. And uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty straightforward on that. But that's funny. You no, know, it was it was a way funny press conference, and. Uh, I would definitely go back and watch it. It got me excited for the fight, and I would love for GSP to be a two weight champion, and then have Connor uh, essentially like he was a two weight champion, and have those two fight. It's a I don't love it from a sporting standpoint. From a fan standpoint, it's fun. Here's here's what could potentially happen, and, and Todd and I were discussing this on Twitter. Um, he wins it at one eighty five. He could win at one seventy. If Tyron, but Tyron Woodley actually has to fight. But he could win at 170, and because he said he could get to 155, because he would be so big. He said in that press where he walks around at 185. Yeah. 
And he, well, he mentioned before that he could fight Connor. He could get to 155. And he could easily beat, not easily, but he could beat Bisbing. He could beat Woodley. He could beat Connor. I don't know if he's continued to progress in MMA fighting. Um, there is a big gap between his generation and this generation of fighter. Uh, it depends on how well he's he's kept up with you know this generation. But he trains with Rory McDonald. I don't he trains with you know Sage Northcutt. And, I've never loved GSP like most people. Like I I think he is on the Mount Rushmore of MMA. Like I'm not yeah. saying that, but like. I've never been like a huge believer, and I did. I do think he lost the the Hendricks fight. Yeah, but um, if there's any older fighter, I think he's turning thirty six before that fight's up, so he's not incredibly old. Um, he's younger than he's about Rothwell's age. But in the the last gener like of the the earlier generation of fighters, if there's anybody primed to still make a run, I think it's him for sure. Yeah, I agree. The hard part is, is there's something with the older generation of fighter that it's like the you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like, but George, you can. I hope, and I would love to see him come back and compete. But like, and and uh, I've discussed this with several people. There's George George Saint Pierre, and there's GSP. There's the the guy that beat Matt Hughes, and there's the guy that beat Matt Sarah, and there's the guy that like came up and actually won fights. And then there was GSP after he had the title that just fought not to lose. And we want to see GSP come back, not the dude that just fights not to lose. Um, what converted me on him on that? Getting converted all over the place with these fighters. <laughs> they got a good gospel. But um, being was the f- So you converted on both then? Uh, what the, th- the thing with George that I think that he really could make the push because he's always evolving like legitimately is the embodiment of MMA like involving switching adjusting new techniques one seeing his video with Joe Rogan um, and where he just did uh, spinning uh, not push kick what was is it a spinning back kick it was yeah I can't I don't know the exact term spinning right now hill kick or yeah whatever. it was spinning hill thank you um, and then also just listening to Freddie Roach when he talked about this was right after the cause check fight um, and he went into Freddie Roach's gym and he said he came in, and he was, he was obviously athletic, was doing boxing. He looked good, um, but his jab wasn't there. I gave him pointers, and he literally sat in front of a mirror for two to three hours the next day or that night and just looked at himself in the mirror, jab, 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 jab. And he said he came in the next day with his jab perfect. Yeah. I think GSP is very much like Michael Jordan, where he just is, wants to be the best at what he does and will take the time to be the best. And there's not a lot of people that will do that. They'll put in the time that it takes to be good or great, but they don't necessarily take the time to, to be the best. And so I'm excited to see him come back. I mean, he's still young. He was very competent as a younger dude. And he has a, a long career ahead of him based on a lot of things. Um, Did you disagree with anything, um, any of uh, Tyron Woodley's assessment of the Bisbing, Connor, uh, that whole four-way thing that's going on? So Carson's uh, referencing the TMZ short interview that they had with Tyron Woodley. Um, I disagree with the beginning where he's like, how many times have you seen a commissioner or a judge talk crap on on a referee? We have seen referees called out in almost every sport for miscalling. That's not what he was saying. He was saying... Um, how many times have you seen Dana come out essentially and and 
kind of call out the judges like all that. the time. Um, all the time. It wasn't exactly like that, but I, I yeah. kind of see what he was saying. But he said um, when he said commissioner, I think he was re- referencing others. And that's fair. I'm okay with that because that's the least convincing part. But when he starts getting into why GSP is doing it, yep. his assessment of Bisbing, yep. his assessment of Connor. I 100% agree with him. I don't think he could be more right. Um, it's interesting. There's two things that are interesting to me. One, which is the easiest, that he thinks Connor beats Mayweather and walks away with $70 million. Like that... I never imagined that. And maybe it's because he's an MMA guy and he's like, you know, MMA is going to be whatever sport or I have to support MMA or maybe him and him and Conor McGregor are friends. It doesn't matter. Like that surprised me because most no, people, they're not friends and you see them sizing each other up. Backstage yeah, but all the that time. doesn't mean, I mean, they're not friends because they're eventually going to have to fight, but everyone loved Conor until he, he all of a sudden became champion and everyone was like, Oh, Conor. I just think he was real and was just like, he realizes that Conor is the first two belt champion um, I think he realizes he is a legend at this point. And he's, I, all I took away from that is even though he says he would beat Floyd, I think he recognizes him as a legend, and that's more what he was saying. He will continue being a legend. He's not going to take the real MMA fights um, from here on out. I think he's actually going to. Um, after seeing what he did with Nate, I think he'll keep fighting. But he thinks— and after what he did with freaking Eddie Alvarez, who was a champion at that time. I was more impressed with Nate because he came back after his loss, and that shows that no, he, I agree. It, it's more the competitive nature in it. But as far as I think he was just more recognizing that he is a legend and he will be regardless, and he won't. But he thinks that he won't take fights, and I don't agree with that necessarily. But pretty much everything else, I thought he was on point with. No, and I agree with that. He was the first person that that really said that he thinks Connor is going to win this fight. That knows what they're talking about. That when the the the, the Mayweather fight, and he. I can't fault him because he took the exact same point, point that I did. He's going to take this fight. If win or lose, he walks away. He said he's going to win it. Um, I agree. Yeah. No, I agreed with him with with absolutely everything. Um, that's And then we talked about this earlier. That's why I think he makes commentary on MMA. He's He understands people and he understands why they do things. And, you know, there's a lot of fighters in MMA that you could get to do MMA commentary or MMA tonight, you know, Kenny Florian, Gilbert Melendez even. But there's those guys that really get it. And Tyron Woodley's one of them. But the hard part is is he not cried has cried wolf, but he's complained about so many things for so long that the fan base no longer want, wants to hear him talk. For those of you confused what Justin's referring to when he talks about wolf, wolf. the do- the noise a dog makes. He means wolf. No, no, no. I mean Wolf. He actually walks around going, Wolf, Wolf, Wolf. He also has the most perfect beard ever. Oh, yeah. Ever. And, I mean, he seems like he'd be a good dude. He seems like he'd be a cool guy to spend time with. However, he also seems like the kind of dude that would complain about his job. And you'd be like, dude, if you hate it that bad, why don't you just do something else? And he's like, this is all I know what to do. This is this is it, man. This is all I got. So I got to be the best at it. And it's like, uh And he gets it. He gets it in so many ways. That, but he misses it in so many other ways that him talking about UFC fans being racist is like us saying every freaking UFC fan is sexist. And, and I, it falls into the same category where I'm like, man, I don't know what the hell's wrong with MMA fans and being just over sexualizing all of the women and doing all of these things. And he's just taking the other, the other road of being like, you know what? The, the, the well, I don't think he thinks the fans are racist. No, oh, yeah, no, yes. I think it's the man keeping him down more the man than... Well, no, the man is the fans. He's smart enough to realize that 
he feels like he doesn't get as many fans. And if he doesn't get as many fans, then the UFC doesn't provide him everything that he feels like he deserves. And he feels like that's because it's racism all around, really. Eh, and that could be it. But what I got like from his complaint about not going down south, it seemed like he just wanted to go home and they wouldn't, they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't give him that. And it just seemed like, because that wasn't going to be a race issue if he got that fight. It, it's, was, it it's, would have been the man, again, keeping him down. You don't get a parody account in your name, and you don't get and you don't get everyone joking about how when all the lights went out, Tyron Woodley, Ty, Tyron Woodley thought it was racist because it was so dark, uh, and not one or the other. Basically, you don't get an entire community against you if you're just making like, hey, the man's trying to keep me down. That's like he's, not true. He's basically... You absolutely could happen in this day and age on the internet. 100% you could. It's, this isn't 4chan, Carson. It very well could have started there. <laughs> that's, that, that's exactly what I actually had in mind. I'm not saying it did or didn't, but it... This is Twitter, and this is MMA media. And so... There's one thing I've learned from Reddit is that people will jump on a trend like... People love and hate people at the drop of a hat, and it's all it's just hive mentality to a T on the MMA subreddit. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I agree, because what happens is you want to post whatever th- everyone will upvote and agree with you with. You don't want to go against the grain, and it's the same thing with freaking Twitch. And Yeah, there's a lot of weird things that happen with that. But um, with that, there's two more things I want to co- see if we can't cover real quick. Um, we do have a card coming up, but Vitor Belfort being on this card... Holding um, it down for dad bods. And also talking about how he wants a legend, a legend league. As he you prepares mean League of Legends. It's league a Twitch of Legends, account. Yes. Yeah, he wants to play League of Legends. He really wants to be, you know, top tier. Um, do you think that's there's room for that in the UFC, or do you feel like that's a Bellator thing? You know, the Josh Koscheck's. Um, Put Tito it on Ortiz's, Fight Pass. Yeah. Chelsea on in. Yeah. Put it on Fight Pass. Um, and. Let Vitor. You keep the names, and you still get to make like super fights after the fact. Like, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's, they have different number of things they could do with that. I like it. How I do you feel? It. I hate it. You know how much I love retirement. Give them six ounce gloves <laughs> <laughs> and TRT. No, that defeats the point of the six ounce gloves. No training, and it's only one round. <laughs> <laughs> if you die of a heart attack, it's your fault. You shouldn't have competed. Kimbo Slice, Data 5000, Dada. Too, too soon? No, not, not soon okay, enough. Good. You should have made that months ago, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Quit being politically correct, ass. Um, with that being said, we do have the, the, the fight card coming up. I mean, do you care about the Vitor Belfort? Yeah, Can I, you guess I, I really like that fight. I Why? really do. You don't like Gastelum? He looked really good last fight yeah, against. He's always looked good, but he he falls into the Ben Rothwell category with me. Second round draft pick and LARPing? Yeah. How I like him, but I don't necessarily care that he continues to win. And every time I watch him fight. I usually, don't care about it like that. I'm just saying, but it's, it's usually a good fight. Against, I usually root against Kevin Gesselin. Kelvin Gesselin. You didn't against Kennedy. You don't like Tim Kennedy because he's on Alex Jones' show. No. Tim Kennedy, yeah. he's just a weird ass. That's true. And that's why I don't think I like him. But so is, most of these fighters are weird asses. Like they say, you have to have a weird mentality to fight. Um, I, I, I like the fight. Um, I think it's a fun fight, and it's, somebody's going to get knocked out, I think. The only fight that really interests me in this entire thing, well, there's a couple, um, Oliveira Means and Barbosa de Rouge really, really fascinate me. 
Um, Berkman's on this card as well, the Utah boy, but I don't know why he's not cut already. I love him to death. Other than the fact that he beat my cousin, so I don't really love him to death because he shouldn't have. But other than that, um, I'd love to see him win. He's he's kind of done. He needs to just walk away, but I don't think he knows what else to do with his life. Retirement watch. You heard of here. Justin's got his retirement watch on. Yeah, he's just a young – I thought he was going to get cut a long time ago. Sean O'Connell retired. He walked away after his last loss. I'm I'm interested in this card, but there's some weird thing that people have with, like, Brazilians on a card and being like, this is an amazing card. And it's like, why do Americans love freaking Brazilians so much in their Brazilian cards? I don't get it. Vitor's a highlight reel. But, I mean, who was on here and who cares? Barbosa, we love. Derouche, that's a good Who fight. was giving us some of the Formiga best fights Borg, that we've ever had? Vitor Belfort. And Hua. Hua. Who was giving us some of the best fights? Put the best. him in a freaking retirement league and let them fight each other at 205. I think that's a what great do you do, fight. What do you do in a retirement league? In the uh, the League of Legends league? Oh, not really. What would you do? You just you would just... You lose your out, man. You wouldn't blink. You'd be watching, just waiting for the Dude, retirement. Tough 20... You'd be fast-forwarding through the fights, waiting for the the, the, the interviews at the so end. I You'd be so excited. Yeah, that's exactly... Woo! Called it. another one. Called it. Why don't they make Tough 26 the freaking retirement league and just get all of these guys at an open weight, have them fight each other, and whoever wins gets to stay in the UFC and everyone else is forced to retire? Or Tough 26. Let instead people of redemption? fight until they, they feel like their body can't go any longer. Hey, Dana fires them. Yeah, exactly. And if I were Dana White, you know how many people I would fire? All of them. Nobody, because once you see, oh, wait, Vitor's bringing me how much money? <laughs> yeah. Oh, never mind. All right. Yeah, all right. At okay. your leisure. Okay, I understand. I understand. All right, so give me your top three picks. Barbosa, Darush. Who do you got? Barbosa, I love him. Darush has been like... I don't care. Bad. I said Barbosa. Uh, Hua, Viante, Volante, or whatever. Mm. Who is done? Yeah, I'm kind of on that train. I mean... That means Giovanni is number twelve. Barbosa is going to lose. Who was going to lose? And seven, and then Belfort got Gastelum. Who and Gastelum is going to win. I think that too. So it's going to be it's going to be Hua, it's going to be Dariush, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be Vitor. So you're taking the Brazilians? No, no, I did not do that. I, everybody that I took is going to lose. I took Barbosa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that uh, Hua is going to lose, and uh, I also think that uh, Vitor is going to lose, lose, which is not what's going to happen every time I pick. It's the opposite. <laughs> you're a terrible. You're a terrible pick. I used to so, be the best, but everyone was on the last card, so you can't blame that. That uh, those weren't my picks. Those are who I wanted to win. That was different. All right, guys, we got some dogs to take care of. They're whining and We're stuff. We're going to shoot them. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and uh, make sure you share this with your friends. We'd appreciate it. Or enemies. Or enemies with frenemies, whoever, just share it. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.